This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is chapter 168 of the WCBS Author Talks podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS ADD Books. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. Coming up, it's the most wonderful time of the year when we get to give and rejoice in the smiles that come with gifting the perfect book for all those people on our holiday lists. With that in mind, this week we're featuring a holiday romance with an unusual twist, a wonderfully musically inspired series for the youngest of readers, plus a book to satisfy the wanderlust of any stir-crazy traveler. If you have someone on your gift list who can't watch enough Hallmark holiday movies, the new holiday romance from Christina Lauren is the perfect literary gift. By the way, it's also totally cool if you're the one addicted to those films and want to pick up a little something for yourself. I had a blast talking to the writing duo that is Christina Lauren, that would be Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings, about their first holiday novel, In a Holidays. Christmas meets a popular movie about a different holiday, which I'm really quite hesitant to mention the name of it because just that surprise I had when you smacked me in the face with that twist after the first (laughs) chapter was so enjoyable. But who's the big Bill Murray fan? Um, I don't know that either one of us is specifically a Bill Murray fan. I just think the premise is so fun and, you know, just kind of the idea and the dream of being able to do something um, until you get it right. Where did this idea of a Christmas wish leading into a Christmas nightmare come from? Um, we, so we had this, you know, we were going to write a Christmas book. Um, we were kind of toying with ideas and stuff. And it's funny because, um, I think we, we had an idea of what we were going to do. We wrote the book, we turned it in. And then after we turned it in, we realized that we did it wrong. Um, and we went back to an idea we had had when we watched just funnily enough, happy death day, which is, this is, (laughs) this is not happy death day, but that book is sort of, or that movie is sort of this like dark comedy. It's very funny. It's very smart. And, um, we were like, what if you could take that idea, but merge it with Christmas and, um, Lo kind of grew up having these like big family, uh, get togethers at Christmas and they would all get together with like chosen family and it all just kind of came together. So I want to back up for a second, and maybe, Lauren, you can sort of set the story up for us. Sure. Okay, yeah. So it's good also to introduce our voices, just so you know the difference. Um, (laughs) This is Lauren. And, um, okay, so the premise is the main character is Maylin Jones, and she has grown up going to this cabin with her family and a few other families every year at Christmas, and it is her absolute favorite place. And May is very beholden to tradition. She loves them. She's very dedicated to them. And she wakes up um, the morning after Christmas, having had some eggnog the night before and realizes that she made out with the wrong brother, meaning she has been in love with Andrew her entire life, basically, and she made out with his brother. And so that is the first in a few things that sort of spiral out of control and take her to a place where she's just thinking her life is going in the perfectly wrong direction. 
And so she throws out a wish to the universe, which is, universe, will you just show me what will make me happy? And then, and bam. That's what leads into the book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so now a large part of the story deals with holiday traditions and how we're always doing the same things year in and year out because that's the way it's always been, even after all the kids who were kids are now, as you guys put it, kid-ups. Do you each have family traditions like that? Um, this is Christina. I grew up in a big family in Utah where the book takes place. And we didn't have a ton of traditions, I think, because it was just so chaotic. Everybody was just trying to, like, get through it. I mean, our biggest one was, like, you know, open one present on Christmas Eve and wait for mom and dad to come and get us up. So I sort of have loved learning about all of those family traditions um, while we were writing this. Yeah, we had a lot growing up. My mom and um, her sister, who we spent the holidays with, Every year, you know, they made the same meals for like four days in a row. We would have the same breakfast on, you know, the this day. And Christmas Eve was always the same dinner. We'd always have bagels and locks on Christmas morning, which I just thought was like a wonderful little like subversion um, or maybe a blending of like Jewish tradition and <laughs> Christian tradition. Cause also we weren't really... very New York of you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, I mean, it was really... Um, it was a really wonderful time, and we don't go to my mom's house anymore for Christmas, but I'm really trying to establish some of those traditions with my husband and my kids um, because I love them. You know, there was so. a part of me that was a little sad while reading the, this book just because of the mm-hmm. year that we've all had, and, you know, when a lot of us necessarily won't be able to gather in these large family groups or even see the people we're used to seeing every year, and... Like reading this, I felt I was living my 2020 Christmas and holidays vicariously through the families in your book and Mm -hmm. hoping that maybe, you know, we maybe something will knock us out of this world and we'll wake up in a better one next year. Yeah, I mean, I love that. that. I love I love the idea that, you know, you'll people can experience Christmas and a big bustling group Christmas through this book or even just holiday. I don't feel like there's so much specific to Christmas here. I think it can just be like a family gathering. Um, But I also I mean, for all of the horrible, horrible, horrible things that this year has brought and it really has tipped the scale into awful. We all know, you know, maybe one silver lining is just that we appreciate a little bit those gatherings so that when we all get back to that place where we can get together, we sort of, you know, renew our focus on the tradition and that time together. Right. Any chance this is going to be a Hallmark Christmas movie? Because it kind of has that written all over it. <laughs> I mean, may, hopefully, baby. <laughs> I, know, I know that it's out there and I know that there's there's conversations about it. If we can say that much. So um, it would be I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, I, it was also 100 percent a lot of fun to read. I mean, the humor you guys managed to, to cram into the pages. And I love... Um, the blurb that you have from Jasmine Guillory that this is the book to read if you want to smile so hard your face hurts because I couldn't agree more. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> how, you know, how does that work between you two? You guys have written 25 books together. What's it like to write with your best friend? Um, it is wonderful. We are the luckiest people. Uh, it's not only, you know, do we get to like write with each other it means we usually get to travel with each other and you know talk to each other all day and and it's like quote-unquote work um 
So I'm in Utah, those in um, California. And it's funny because when all of this happened and everyone had to start working from home and Zooming and doing all of these things, it was like they were starting to get this little glimpse into how we function. So like, it's almost like a ton didn't change for this. We still write our own parts separately and put them together and meet up when we need to. But, you know, we do everything by like phone, text, FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, everything. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys just talking about how you split up the work? Is it uh, alternating chapters? Is is one of you responsible for like one timeline, and and someone else picks up the other stuff, and then you, you you know you get together to make sure it works all seamlessly? It always fascinates me how author duos work. Yeah, and um, one thing that I found really interesting just being on panels about co-authoring over the years is every co-author duo does it differently. And, and for Christina and I, we kind of do every book differently too. Some of our books have two point of views. And so we'll each take a character and write. Um, some of our books are like this one are all in one point of view. This is all Malin's point of view. So we usually just take um, either whatever chapter needs to be done next, or we alternate and we combine them into a document as we go. So that if we have a day where we're stuck and we can't really draft, we go through and we start editing or we read it through. And we're just continually smoothing it out together so that it starts to read as one voice. Um, and I mean, it's funny. I, I think we wouldn't be able to like write a manual for how we do it because every time we start, we're sort of like, what are we doing? <laughs> but, you know, we have a system and we always have to outline together because that's really when the magic happens is when we're in a room together. Um, but yeah, it, it's been working for a long time and it's really just the best job. I know this is uh, your first holiday Christmas book. Now, after writing this, do you think you'll try to do another one or you're going to stop at one? We don't have any plans really for another one, yeah. but yeah. Uh, there's no reason we wouldn't do it. Yeah, it just depends on the story if it comes into our head. Mm-hmm. You know, we're lucky enough that um, we've been with Simon and Schuster for our whole career and they're very supportive of us writing the books that we want to write. And so I think if we had another Christmas or holiday story in us, they would absolutely support it. So what are you guys mm-hmm. working on next? Can you give us a hint? We um, have a book that is out this spring that we haven't announced the title or anything yet. <laughs> and then uh, we're currently writing um, like an adventure romance. Ooh. It's a little bit like a modern day romancing the stone. And we're it's like romancing yeah. the stone meets national treasure meets girls trip. And it is so much fun. It is like the most escapist project we've ever done. And we love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we all need a little bit of that, don't we? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We've been talking with Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings together. They write under the pen name Christina Lauren, their new book, In a Holidays. Thank you so much for both of you for, for connecting with me, bearing with me through some of the technical glitches and talking to me about your book today. Thank you so much for having sure. us. This was a lot of fun. It's never too early to start enjoying books with your kids. In fact, research shows reading to babies as young as six months leads to stronger vocabularies and better early literacy skills. Now I know what you're thinking. There's only so many times I can read Goodnight Moon. Well, that's where Akashic Books comes in. Their lyric pop series features children's books based on song lyrics and not kid songs. We're talking classics like Respect and These Boots Are Made for Walking. I had a chance to talk with Akashkik's Johnny Temple about this perfect gift for kids 
and the adults who read to them. So I love that these books turn popular songs into picture books for kids. Where did this idea come from? We were approached by Lyric Verse, uh, a music, a branch of a music publishing company, asking if we if we would be interested in in collaborating together on this series, and we were immediately very interested. Uh, I myself am a professional musician in addition to being a book publisher, and uh, I also have two kids. And like many parents, uh, when my kids were smaller, I wanted to uh, turn them on to the music that I love. And so when this, I, when this project was presented to us, I immediately saw the opportunity for parents and grandparents to expose kids to the music that they love in a way that might not cause their children to rebel against those suggestions. Now, these aren't just illustrated versions of the lyrics. The, the songs also inspired some stories. Absolutely. And it was an interesting challenge for the illustrators to take a song like Respect by Otis Redding, famously performed by uh, Aretha Franklin or Don't Stop, the Christine McVie song made famous by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, and uh, it, the challenge is to create a narrative, create an interesting and engaging and beautiful children's book while still trying, staying true to the spirit of the song. So, and, and it is, it's an interesting challenge because most of these songs were written by adults for adults. So to turn them into engaging books for small children, uh, it was not always, uh, you know, an, an easy task, but the, we've, we've hired the top, top level of illustrators, and they've been doing just a remarkably brilliant job at illustrating these books. So you have four new books out this month, Respect, which you mentioned is one of them, along with We Got the Beat, These Boots Are Made for Walking, and Move the Crowd. Now, those titles cover quite a range of music genres. Is that also part of the project to not only get kids interested in songs their parents and aunts and uncles and grandparents may have grew up on, but also expose them to different different kind of music genres? Certainly. Uh, if, if you look at the books that Akashic publishes in general, you will find that we have a very uh, eclectic and very diverse list. And so when we engaged in this project, we were never going to be limited to one genre. And like I said, I'm a musician. I love hip hop music. I love rock music. I, lo I love a lot of pop music. There's a lot of country music I like. I love jazz. I'm a huge reggae head. And, and as my, my staff also have eclectic and diverse musical tastes. And so we really wanted the series to be broad and broad minded. Now, is it really tough to pick which songs get turned into books? It is tough, but there's a natural uh, selection process, which is that the lyrics of the songs have to be family friendly. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and 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 we're not. Our intention is to not change a single word in the lyrics, uh, and in fact, we're not permitted in most cases to change even a single word. So any songs with profanity are ruled out. Uh, and um, and then there's certain songs that have 
sexual themes. Although I will say that we have found some really wonderful design solutions to uh, uh, converting romantic themes into child-appropriate subject matter. For example, if there's a if there's a song that has sort of allusions to romance between a man and a woman, sometimes in a children's book, it can be uh, it can be illustrated with the affection between a child and a pet. And so there's diff- different ways to approach it. But obviously, if something were to get too sexual or, or violent, that would be just simply inappropriate for children. Is there a song that you haven't turned into a book yet that you really, really would like to see published? There's many. <laughs> there's, there's, there's many of them. Uh, one, one example would be uh, the Jimmy Cliff reggae song, The Harder They Come. Uh, I think would make a fantastic children's book, but there's there's lots and lots of them, um, and uh, yeah, so so uh, it is it, it is tricky to to you know there's there's both the songs that we want to do, the ones that we think that people will be interested in, the ones that have you know family friendly lyrics. And then there's also the issue of us being able to secure permission to reprint the lyrics in, in book form. All in all, this this must have been a really fun project for you and your staff. It's so fun. And it's also, it's going, you know, we're just getting started. We have a bunch more uh, of these books. There's there's eight, eight out now. In addition to the four that you mentioned, there's Don't Stop, made famous by Fleetwood Mac, African a song by P- the reggae artist Peter Tosh, Good Vibrations, a song made famous by the Beach Boys, and We're Not Gonna Take It, written by Dee Snyder. So, and uh, we have, so there's eight, there's eight out as of October 6th, and, um, and we have many more on the way, and it's been, it's been a rejuvenating experience, especially during these um, months of, of lockdown, uh, to be able to work on such an upbeat project. Where can people find these books if uh, we've piqued their interest? These books are available everywhere books are sold, uh, independent bookstores, bookshop.org is an excellent new online ordering service. Of course, there's Amazon and Barnes & Noble as well. But basically, anywhere you buy books, you can, you can order these, these books, and they're also available as ebooks. So we've been talking to Johnny Temple. He's a publisher with Akashic Books. The new books we've been talking about, the ones that turn popular songs into books for kids, it's lyric pop picture books that will make you sing. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Thanks for your time today, Johnny. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Lisa. Where do you plan to go once the world can move around freely again? Whether you want to visit family you haven't seen in a while or board a plane to the other side of the world, the new edition of National Geographic's Drives of a Lifetime, 500 of the world's most spectacular trips, has got an idea for you. Packed with maps, sightseeing destinations, and those gorgeous photos Nat Geo is known for, the book is a great way to take an armchair trip until that eventual day comes. And it will come. National Geographic's Allison Johnson 
gives us all the details. This is an update to the original, which was published 10 years ago. Tell us what's new. We've added 100 new drives throughout the book. So you'll find, um, I believe there's 25 new full itineraries. And then across top 10 lists, we've added 75 more drives to the book. We've updated every route throughout the book so that the maps are up to date. You're not going to find road closures or road changes. And of course, we've added new beautiful National Geographic photography throughout. The book covers trips around the world, but I know this year being what it was, a lot of people have been discovering what's right outside their door or maybe a few hundred miles outside their Mm -hmm. door. What are some of the U.S. highlights in this book? Oh, there are some great ones in there. Up in Connecticut, there's the Litchfield Hills road trip, and it's a beautiful trip through stunning New England landscapes. You're going to go through picturesque village, see Victorian architecture, stop at beautiful state parks. Um, And, you know, in New York City, people don't often think about it, but the Hudson offers some great scenic escape routes as well. And there's a drive here that takes you from Liberty State Park to Coney Island, and you're going to take in city views and waterways along the way. And there's some spectacular routes that you really should think about right outside your own door. In my neck of the woods in Virginia, we have Skyline Drive, which which takes you through the Shenandoah National Forest. It's a beautiful view of trees and mountains. It's only a two-hour drive, but it offers you a lot of chances to stop, stretch your legs outside, get outside the four walls of your home, and feel like you've escaped even though you're only a few hours away from home. You know, I think it's great that you point that out because I think a lot of people, when they think road trips, they think like epic week-long trips in the car with everybody packed in, but they really don't have to be like that. They could be a quick one-day weekend excursion, like a one-tank gas trip kind of thing. Exactly. They do not have to be long ones. We have those in the book, but there are also plenty of trips in here that are one hour, two hours, three hours long, so you can make a day of it with lots of stops. Or if you just want to get outside for some fresh air, it's a quick drive with beautiful views. I love, too, that the way the book classifies the drives. Really, it doesn't matter what your interest is. You're going to be able to find a drive somewhere that correlates. Absolutely. There's a drive for everyone. And we've really designated every drive in the book by your interest. So we have city drives. We have beach drives. We have drives for foodies. We have drives for history bus, you're really going to find whatever your interests are, there is a drive for you. And I think a lot of people also associate road trips with summer vacation, but I know that (laughs) you have some favorite winter drives too, right? I do. I mean, there's nothing like for me seeing snow-capped mountains. So we have beautiful drives out in the Rocky Mountains that are totally doable in the winter. I know that sounds scary, but these roads are safe to travel on and offer beautiful views. Out in Montana, we have big sky country, which is just stunning during the winter with snowy landscapes and bison. And, you know, there's never a bad time to take a drive, in my opinion. And if the snow isn't for you, think about tropical destinations that, you know, give you that warm weather all all throughout the year. There's the winding road in Hana in Hawaii, and that's a 53-mile drive. I did it on my honeymoon with my husband. And you take this winding, narrow road, and you stop at waterfalls along the way. You often have them to yourselves. We had a picnic at one to ourselves. Um, And you end up in the town of Hana, which is just stunning. There are black sand beaches to roam around. And we did that in December. So there's always a drive in the winter. I think people, too, might be looking for drives where they might not run into a lot of people. So either 
you know, Rotahana or Montana in the middle of January might work. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the greatest thing about a lot of these drives is we recommend state and national parks where you're going to. So there's wide open spaces. You can find space to be alone with your traveling companions and not crowded by any means. You know, a lot of people really haven't gone anywhere this year. And I know that they can live vicariously through this book because of the road. I mean, it's just inspirational between the number of trips and the photos alone. But what are you looking forward to in 2021 when it comes to travel? Oh, I, I keep looking at this book and I'm thinking it's dream now, go later. And it's really inspiring the wanderlust in me. And, you know, I'm ready to to escape. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. One of the drives that I love in this book is in Portugal, and it's a two-hour drive through olive groves and vineyards. You stop to taste port, you take tours of the olive, gro- olive groves, and then make your own olive oil. And that's one of the things that I put on my own bucket list. Portugal has always been on there, and this this road trip sounds fantastic. So when we're, we're, we're able to travel again, this is definitely something I want to do. I think you and me share that in common where we're just looking for things to do and we're getting all the planning done now so that when we can go, we mm-hmm. can just pack the suitcase and be out the door. Exactly. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been talking to Allison Johnson. The new book is National Geographic Drives of a Lifetime, 500 of the World's Most Spectacular Trips. Thank you for talking to us today about it and getting us excited for what hopefully we can do in 2021, but otherwise just get in the car and go. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And that's where we close the book on this chapter. But we're not done giving out great book recommendations yet. Next time, we're highlighting books for the sports fans and curious minds on your list. Until then, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS 880 Books. I'm Lisa Chermovich.